Welcome to the Parents Place podcast with Hillary and Jen. Welcome to the Parents Place podcast. Um, thanks for being here with us today, guys. We have an article to talk about, and we I don't think we've really talked about this topic very much before, so no. Nope. Nope. It, it may be fairly new to our information base, but uh, this was this was pulled from um, from the psychology today, from the website psychology today. And this is talking a little bit about self-talk, which I think is one of those topics that's becoming a little bit more more common, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit more widely talked about. But I'm still not quite convinced that we all have um, a really clear idea on what this is. So let's start there. So when people talk about self-talk, um, for you, Jim, what, what, how would you describe that? Like, what what is self-talk it's uh for me it's that little inner voice telling me if i can can or can't do something and most of the time i think it's i don't know maybe i'm weird but it's more negative than it is positive and i think that is my own creating creation because i feel like um we can it's our inner voice so we can create what we want or don't want yeah but for some it, reason, we all, well, at least me, there, it's the negative. Yeah. Yeah. And we can talk a little bit about that more because I don't think, I, it's, I don't, it's not think. I know. I know that you're not alone in that idea. Um, I think it's very natural for us to gravitate towards the negative versus the positive. But, um, but I think you're right. I mean, I agree with you. I I think for most of us, when we think about self-talk, we kind of get that it is, it's that inner voice. And I think some people like almost get a little bit uncomfortable with that because they're like, I mean, I'm talking. I'm not supposed to be hearing voices. (laughs) (laughs) Should I be doing that? Is that weird? (laughs) If I'm like talking to myself and having this little mini conversation with me, myself and I, And it did say in this article, for some, you know, you go through this dialogue in your head and for others, they actually vocalize it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, honestly, probably whatever works best for you, um, go ahead and do so. I'm not sure if I would have that dialogue in like a public place with yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're trying to, you know, build yourself up for for a test or a big work project or whatever it is, and you're sitting in your car, I think it's totally appropriate to speak out loud and use that positive self-talk. But um, there is a a sentence at the beginning of this article that talked about how like this self-talk provides a way for our brain to interpret and process kind of our daily experiences. And I think that's what we do. We go throughout the day and we have these experiences and we're trying to make sense of them and we're maybe trying to justify them and we're maybe trying to motivate ourselves to accomplish them. And we have this like little inner voice that's like, okay, well, this is what we need to do, or you got this, or that went really bad or whatever it is. It's our way to almost understand the world and maneuver the world if needs be. And so 
And I don't, yeah, I don't, I think, I think it's important for us to recognize that it's not a bad thing to have this Mm self-talk. Like you said, it, it can be a hardship if we tend to dwell on that negativity, but self-talk can be used as a really powerful tool Mm -hmm. um, because it can work to our advantage when we use it as a motivator rather than a deterrent. Um, So it's a, it's a good thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. My motivator self-talk is, I think it's on um, rewind or something because there's so many times to where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you just need to put away this load of laundry <laughs> and I'll be saying that in my head okay give yourself five minutes and then you can go put away this laundry five minutes comes and it goes and I'm still trying to find that motivation to put away the laundry but um yeah I I think we can use it for lots of good things as well because I've used it for good things as well and it's helpful yeah I almost like imagine when you gave that example, like I almost imagine it's like a little mini coach that's next to you <laughs> or almost even like a little mini parent, like get five more minutes on this task and then you can move on to the next one, right? Yep. <laughs> so we never grow out of the fact that we need our parents to tell us what to do. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> it just becomes us internally that's doing that instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So let's do this. Maybe let's try to differentiate between what some of that positive self-talk would look like and then talk a little bit about that negative self-talk and um, maybe even how to eliminate it to a degree. So um, so I remember reading in this article when it talked about self-talk, and I've never thought about this before. This is something that never came to my mind, and, and it's intriguing to me, but it talked about you know, people who use the first person when talking to themselves were less effective than those who spoke to themselves in like even second or third person. Like when you do self-talk, what does it usually sound like to you? I have been trying to think of that and I don't know. I think it's second person. Yeah. I think there's times to where it could be first person if I'm mm-hmm. having a really hard time or whatnot, but it's mostly second person. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I talked about how it kind of creates a psychological distance. Like it, it probably does rather that it does kind of put us I, in the role of like that helper because, you know, mm-hmm. when you can distance yourself enough to see maybe that outside, it it helps. But it made me think for a second, how do I, how do I say it to myself, right? <laughs> Is it a, you've got this? Is it a, I need to do this. Is it a Hillary? <laughs> get off your tail and do something more. So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting to see it that way. Um, yeah, and then finding out that the second and third person is so much more helpful than the first person. Yeah, because because it does give you that that um, wider perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. It helps us take a wider view of our lives and opportunities rather than narrowing, narrowly focusing on um, the potential threats and doubts and fears and things like that. So mm-hmm. anyway, it was it was interesting to me. Um, the, another thing it talked about when it talked about kind of keeping this this self-talk, it talked a lot about focusing on the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um and I can totally see that 
helping me because I don't know about you, but when I tend to stress out, it's usually about things that are happening in the future or maybe even could potentially happen in the future. And I'm consuming myself with uh, fear and guilt and all of these things about something that hasn't even happened yet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the the possibility of it could happening. And so I like that it brings up like focusing on the present moment, like what's going on right now? What do I currently have control over, right? Mm-hmm. What change can I make in the moment? And 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 for now, let's focus on that rather than gravitating towards the, oh, I've got this giant task that's coming up and I'm never going to be able to accomplish it and it's going to bomb and I'm going to lose my job. I like that idea. Um, Yeah, I think it's um, in a way, if we are constantly looking in the future and having that negative self-talk, it's sabotaging ourselves. It's kind of setting us up for failure before the thing even happens. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked ourselves so much into that we can't do something that when it does come along, you know, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy of, nope, you can't do it because you've already told yourself for two months that you, that you can't. can't do it. That's true. We've talked ourselves out of it before it's even happened, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not saying that, you know, we avoid pre-planning things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that we avoid... Uh, preparation and whatnot, because obviously that can help with that stress factor. But it's the idea that we're not going to waste unnecessary energy stewing about things that haven't happened or may not happen or that we don't have control over in the moment. So, yeah, I think it can also pertain. um, Oh, what am I? Um, It can also deal with looking back. Mm. And having that negative self-talk of looking back to things we may have not done great or, you know, that we struggled with and having that, see, Jen, when you were Mm. doing X, Y, and Z, you couldn't do it. And so I think it can go in the future and in the past. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like part of the benefit of focusing on the present is allowing ourselves some grace for the faults that we have had, right? Because mm-hmm. we can we can cause ourselves to freeze if we continue to focus on, well, I didn't do this well, and that means that I'm not going to do the next thing well. So that's, I love that. I love that. Um, there's actually a sentence in here. It just caught my attention, and that's what it said. It says, the problem with self-talk is that, it doesn't typically reflect reality. Mm. And I think oftentimes um, with that negative self-talk, we are, we're creating this picture, right? And it may not be a realistic picture. Um, we're, we're making it a bigger problem than it is. Mm-hmm. And so I I can see, I can see that. I can see that in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, right? Yeah, I think we all can. So, so let's let's bring up that negative self-talk a little bit because, um, like you said, I think that that's really common uh, for a lot of us to notice and and dwell on that, right? And I remember somebody shared a statistic. I believe it was that as humans, we are four times more likely to see the negative over the positive. 
and and I don't know if that's necessarily our fault. I think that that's just how the brain's wired. You know, we are, mm -hmm. uh, it's based on that survival <laughs> mode that we have and, and the fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. Our brain has been conditioned to be on alert for potential dangers. And that means being aware of those things that are happening around us that are unsafe or negative. And so I think it is, it's natural for us to notice and pull out that one bad thing amongst the good and then to dwell on it and to ruminate over it Ugh. absolutely that's because really i hard it, it is hard i remember i think it was um dr dave schramm who had made me aware of it at the beginning there's like billions of pieces of information coming to you but you only really see in those split, split seconds just a fraction of that information and mm -hmm. we really get to choose on what we focus on but like yeah. you were saying that um we tend to go towards a negative for the fight or flight reason i mean our brain brains have always been developed to keep us safe yeah and yeah I mean, I think I think about it. We we had a discussion about this with um, some of my colleagues because in some of our programming, we we do evaluations, right? We're constantly looking to improve, and so we ask our participants to fill out evaluation forms based on how we did as a facilitator, based on the program itself, and you know when we compile that feedback, and and let's say that we have a hundred different comments from our participants we could have 99 percent of those comments praising us mm -hmm. <laughs> and telling us how amazing we are and how great of a facilitator we are and how this program has changed their life but if there's one negative one negative amongst those 99 what do we tend to gravitate towards that the one, one nasty negative. negative and it's awful to think that that one can overshadow all of those good. Mm -hmm. I had one uh, like that after teaching the class and everything was good until someone said the chairs were uncomfortable. You know, something that's not even in my control. Yeah. <laughs> but th then I'm like, oh, crap. Now they're not comfortable in, in class. They're not going to share. And, <laughs> and completely it's forgotten just, everything that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Which Focus is on that darn chair. <laughs> You know, I there was a visual that I saw, I think it was um, from the Gottman Institute, but it showed almost like a scale. And so it had it was talking about this positive to negative ratio and and it showed somebody on one side of the scale holding um, five blocks in their arms and those were positive blocks. And then it had another person on the opposing end of the scale holding one block and that was a negative block. But that one block was five times bigger than the positive ones, because I think that's how negativity goes, is that that negativity, even though it's one comment versus five, it has a much bigger hold on us. It has a much bigger weight. Yeah. And so it forces us, even though we only hear that one, you know, in order to balance that out right and to see the good over the bad it means that we really need to focus in on that good and and that means noticing lots of good 
mm-hmm. to outweigh just the one, mm-hmm. which is hard for yeah. a lot of us to do. But I think it can go, I mean, that's the way it is in all of our relationships. If we're just seeing the negative in a person and we're relaying that information, we've got a job to notice all of the good things as well, to build them up as well, because it's the same with us. If we're just focusing on that one, we're tearing ourselves down. And when there's lots of good about us. So I guess the question then, and I don't know if I have a great answer for this, maybe you do, (laughs) but the question is, so what do we do when that negative self-talk seeps in and we start to hear those those statements of the, you're not good enough, or this isn't going to go well, or you can't do this. I mean, do you find yourself doing, doing, do you have certain things that you do that kind of help to outweigh that? I um at times have just told it to shut up. Um <laughs> that it's not good, but I think also within the article it was saying that um oh where is it? to shift the focus away from themselves because mm-hmm. it is very much of a me 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 kind of a thing. And if we can focus ourselves or focus on other people or other things, then we can kind of silence that. But I also liked the part where it talked about naming that Mm. negative self-talk. I know I've heard that before and I know people in my life that have used it and they name it and they're like, okay, shut up, Miles, just shut up. (laughs) And so I think that's a good thing is also naming it so we can call it out and say, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I just recently went to a training where they talked about that, where they talked about, like you said, naming and they refer to it as labeling, you know, and this idea that we have lots of thoughts throughout our day and thoughts are just thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And some of those thoughts are negative thoughts and some of those po- thoughts are positive thoughts, but they're just thoughts. Mm-hmm. They may not necessarily be truths. And so I like the idea of when one of these thoughts creeps into our head, if it is one of those negative thoughts, to be able to label that and say, that's a negative thought. That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily true. And I don't need to dwell on that, right? Mm -hmm. I can can force it to leave. Mm -hmm. I can change that negative thought into a positive thought. But, But I remember hearing that and thinking, like, in our head, we want to whether that be, like I said, vocally out loud or inside, say that this is just a thought. Mm -hmm. Thoughts are just thoughts and we all have them. And so what can I do about that thought, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a powerful thing to teach kids as well too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because obviously working in this realm of parenting, we wanna encourage our kids to have positive self-talk. And so, you know, when our child comes to us and maybe they're vocalizing out loud, mom, I can't do this math test, right? Mom, this is too hard for me, I'm gonna fail. Being able to say to your kids, that's a negative thought, right? Mm -hmm. Let's change that. What can we say instead that can motivate us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And focusing on, like you said, what we have control over as well, too. The thought is just a thought, but what do we have control over in the moment? We mm-hmm. can we have control over the fact that we can study for that test, right? We can prepare for it. What can we do currently in the present instead of worrying about what tomorrow's going to look like? So what can we do in the here and now? 
Yeah. And I think when we do have those ourselves as parents, it's not a bad thing to vocalize that in front of our kids so that they, because we know most of what kids learn is from us modeling behavior, good or bad. Yeah. And so if we can say those things out loud and say, darn it, it's not, that's just a thought. Mm -hmm. I vacuumed really nice and the floor looks great. Mm -hmm. And so saying those things out loud could help kids too. Yeah. And even when that negative seeps in, being able to say to your kids, you know what? I just had the thought that this is going to be really hard. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to, you know, choose to take a step in the right direction. Right. And so you're right. Like we're having this dialogue with our kids and showing them how we can essentially use this as a skill for good. Mm hmm. And I think part of that is even just asking kids, you know, you when you when you see them and, and maybe you can tell they're in a stressful situation or they may be a little bit fearful um, or or they're doing something really well, mm -hmm. pausing and saying, tell me what tell me what you're thinking right now in your head. Right. Tell me tell me what's going through your thoughts so that they can then practice using this self-talk as well, too. Mm -hmm. Um whether that be negative or positive, and then using that as a benefit. Because kids, obviously, they may not be aware of this concept, and they may not even necessarily understand that it is happening, and if it is, what they can do to use it as a motivation. So I think, uh, you know, using those opportunities to say, you know, share with me, what's going on? What's going on in your head, right? Mm -hmm. What's the thought process that you're having? You know, let's put it out on paper or let's say it out loud or let's draw it if needs be, if we're having a hard time expressing it um, and, and going from there and kind of making it as a learning opportunity on how we can use it. Yeah, I also think um, just doing that with reading books, I mean, mm. to kids, I mean, you can always there's always something in a children's book that you can stop and say, how do you think that person's feeling or and what can they do to change that thought? So they're getting some more practice that way to where it's not always just them and it's now taking it out of them as well. Yeah, it's true. It's right. It's taking that step back and looking um, kind of from a distance. That's probably helpful as well, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like these tips. Mm. <laughs> this has helped me. So this has been a good discussion. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. I I think it's an important thing. Um, we do focus on the negative so much. And if we can start focusing more on the positive, um, things will go just a little bit better. So I want to thank everyone for coming today and listening to how what self-talk is and maybe how we can get it to quiet or how we can use it for the positive. I challenge you to try that out this week and see if you can notice a difference. If you have topics that you would like us to talk about, just send them to our email that's in the show notes and um, we will get on that. We hope you have a great week and we will see you back here next Monday. Remember to be kind and patient with yourself. Thank you for listening to the Parents Place podcast. If you would like to reach us, you can at parents at the familyplaceutah.org or you can reach Jen on Facebook. Jen Daly dash the family place. Please check out our show notes for any additional information. Our website is thefamilyplaceutah.org if you're interested in any of our upcoming virtual classes. We'd love to see you there.
never figure out how to turn this off. There we go. <laughs>